This podcast is brought to you by a partnership between the Tennessee Early Intervention System and the Treatment and Research Institute for Autism Spectrum Disorders. I'm Kathleen Simcoe, the Early Intervention Coordinator for Middle Tennessee at Triad. I'm joined today by Dana Jones. Dana has just presented here at the Building Best Practices Conference. Dana is an OT with Le Bonheur with about 20 years of experience in early intervention um, and a background in social work as well. Dana, we'd love it if you'd share a little bit um, for us from your presentation on developmental milestones and the impact of occupational therapy. Thank you. I would love to share. I would like to mainly answer three questions. What do occupational therapists do? And how can occupational therapists make a difference in early intervention? Then who should be referred for occupational therapy? In early intervention, the role of occupational therapy is unique. Our goal is to promote the function engagement in everyday routines by addressing areas of occupation and for the birth to three population, that is activities of daily living and play. We want to enhance a family's capacity to care for their child, promote development and participation in the natural environment. As an OT, we have unique abilities to work with the birth to three population. We look at the whole person, their physical, environmental, and emotional sides. We break down the tasks to provide the just right challenge. We are specially trained problem solvers. A few considerations when looking at developmental delay are when there is regression or marked stagnation, delayed development is a concern. Static abilities are rarely normal and are red flags if the child's abilities do not improve over time. Delays in one developmental area can impair development in another. So I was asked to take a look specifically at fine motor skills, visual motor skills, and self-care skills for the birth to three population. The fine motor skills are referring to the small muscles in the hands and fingers, those that you use to grasp objects of various sizes, to write with pen or pencil, to use scissors, etc. Visual motor integration is the coordination of the visual perceptual abilities and fine motor control. It's a skill that allows us to use our eyes and our hands in a coordinated and efficient way. We use it for puzzles, cutting, coloring, writing, catching a ball. Self-care skills for birth to three generally involve sleeping, eating, drinking, toothbrushing, dressing, bathing, and grooming. One more consideration is the environment and the experience of the child. Since children have varying living environments and experiences, generally their skills will vary based on the activities to which they have been exposed. If a child has the, had the opportunity to practice cutting with scissors, for example, he or she will likely be able to accomplish snipping a piece of paper by age two and a half. In this scenario, the ability to learn new things is suggestive. There are red flags with each age group. For instance, the birth to three age group we want to carefully evaluate a baby's visual skills. In the first three months of life, visual skills are crucial. The role of vision in learning is substantial. 80% of learning is visual. Any concerns should be referred to an ophthalmologist and or an occupational therapist, and even a developmental optometrist would be an appropriate referral. Some of these red flags would be late smiling, or not smiling back when you smile. Other red flags are they don't move both arms freely. 
They're not interested in watching faces. They don't follow bright colors, movement, or objects. In the uh, four to six month category, some red flags for them would be not reaching for objects, not grasping objects, or their hands remain fisted frequently, or they do not bring any objects or hands to midline. I'd like to discuss what is called a snowball effect. Poor quality of skills at this level, six months, become bigger problems later. For example, let's look at creeping. That is mobility up on your hands and knees. This skill builds the small muscles in the hands for fine motor skills like pincer grasp, ability to hold a pencil wheel and write in school. It also builds on visual motor skills as the hands are moving while creeping and the child is also looking around. There are so many benefits to creeping that if skipped or done poorly, it affects skills later on. Red flags for nine-month-olds would also include the ones we've previously discussed and adding on not using both hands in a coordinated manner, not bringing hands to midline or the center of their body, or not rotating their trunk. That would be sitting up and turning side to side. At 12 months, red flags would be not pointing at objects or toys, not using both hands in play like clapping or imitating gestures to songs, You're still using their whole hand to pick up objects, especially small objects. They may not have a purposeful release, like to tower an object or to place a puzzle piece in a puzzle. Unable to hold a bottle by themselves and keep it tilted without lying down. Or transitioning to new textures from puree baby foods. At 15 months, some red flags would be not finger feeding. And to repeat these red flags from previous age levels, they don't use both hands in play, still using their whole hand to pick up objects, and not a purposeful release. By 18 months, the red flags would include not using a mature pincer grasp, not pointing to objects or pictures in books, unable to place objects in a container, unable to use both hands together, and not comforted by others during distress. Around 18 months, most children can be calmed by a familiar person and not requiring their primary caregiver. At 24 months, red flags are excessive mouthing of objects. Children should be out of the oral exploring age by this point. They cannot feed themselves with a spoon, not making purposeful marks on paper, unable to place shapes in a shape sorter, and unable to stack blocks. And by three years, really two and a half to three years, a red flag is grasping a crayon with the whole fist or not stacking several blocks or not imitating straight lines or circles. There are some general red flags that apply to all populations or all ages. Using only one hand to complete a task, drooling while concentrating on tasks, uncoordinated or jerky movements, hand or arm tremors, hands moving at the same time, like one hand mirrors the other hand's movement, not being able to disassociate each side of the body. Unable to use two hands together to throw a large ball, imitate gestures to songs. If a child seems extremely stiff or floppy, or if they become extremely upset with grooming or dressing. Children that don't seem to know how to play with toys, 
or excessively line up toys, flap their hands, spin in circles, avoid eye contact, not comforted by others during distress, get upset by minor changes, play with the same toy the same way every time, likes parts of objects, the wheels spinning is a good example, and they have to follow a certain routine and are inflexible. Some feeding red flags, these would be referrals for a speech therapist or an occupational therapist. Not all occupational therapists have training with feeding, but I wanted to give you the red flags. If a child is arching or stiffening the body while feeding, they take an unusually long time to feed, typically infants. If they take 30 to 45 minutes to take a bottle or to nurse, that is a red flag. Lots of spillage from the mouth, whether it's from a bottle or cup or food. Coughing or throwing up during meals, stuffing their mouth with food, pocketing food in their mouth for long periods, difficulty accepting new textures of foods, extremely picky eating. And then there are sensory integration red flags. We all have our unique preferences and aversions to sensory input. You may not like sounds, you may not like the way things touch or uh, feel to touch. When we um, look at this area, it's only a problem when, for the children, it leads to difficulty in participating their, in their everyday activities or progressing in skill development. So the impact of occupational therapy is, our goal is to establish the root cause of delay. Then we would provide a customized home program. We want to adapt the environment for success. We want to adapt each skill or task for success. Provide the just right challenge for success and independence. Empower families. Encourage engagement, eye contact, and social skills. And optimize sensory processing skills. Now sometimes it takes a while to get therapy started, so I wanted to go over a few suggestions, suggestions to try while you're waiting or if you're unsure if a child needs a referral. There's a thing called container baby syndrome. These children go from seating position to seating position to other containers pretty much all day. That could be bouncy seats, extra saucers, crib, different things like that, where they have limited time on the floor. It limits their ability to move, which in the end causes head and facial deformities, delayed gross motor skills, decreased strength and coordination, sensory processing issues, and visual tracking issues. I want to encourage you to children to get on the floor, have tummy time, play on their back, just to get out of the, the container so they can continue to develop and explore. I also want to encourage children to get dirty. We don't have to wipe a child's face with every bite of food. They can explore the texture of the food and how it feels. They can also go outside and play. Another thing I would like to encourage is to limit screen time. Children in this population cannot learn from digital media and they have a difficulty transferring what they watch to a three-dimensional experience. Children two years and older, or two years and younger actually, they need social interaction and exploration to develop their cognitive, language, motor, and social-emotional skills. It is well known that excessive television viewing is more likely in infants and toddlers with a difficult temperament. 
and also toddlers with social emotional delays are given devices to calm them down more often than other children. It is proven there is harm from excessive media use. It is recommended limiting screen time to one hour per day for ages two to five. So I wanted to give you a few more suggestions for families. Get outside, children love to move. Children aged to five watch approximately 25 hours of TV per week. They need to get outside and move or inside have larger spaces to run around and get their wiggles out. The great outdoors has a huge impact on the brain. Preschoolers learn from their senses. Outside you hear, smell, see, touch, and even taste. With devices, screen time, etc., you only use two senses, seriously affecting perceptual abilities. When to get help. If your child is experiencing any of the behaviors described above to a significant degree that impacts his or her ability to function in daily routines, interact with others, participate successfully at school, go out in public, tolerate basic self-care and grooming experiences, attend family and social events, eat a healthy diet and maintain a healthy weight, get an adequate amount of sleep, this is when you would want to talk to your pediatrician about getting a referral for an occupational therapy evaluation. Dana, thanks so much for sharing all of that helpful information um, with all of us about how OTs can help with early intervention and what the impact of those services can be. We really appreciate you joining us. Thank you.